Yeah, it was all other people's money. I'm ready to talk to you one-on-one about working together. If you think back, many of the successful multifamily investors I've interviewed here on this show, their first step into this space was becoming a passive equity partner. One of the many benefits is the opportunity to build a track record that allows you to have more credibility with sellers, brokers, and your own passive investors. My company has about 700 doors that we're actively working on right now. And when these go to contract, we bring these opportunities to the accredited investors that are on our list. If you've already been thinking about getting a portfolio of multifamily doors, then now is a great opportunity for you to be involved with Blue Spruce Holdings as a passive equity partner. One of the unique things that my team does for our equity partners is sending out invites when we tour a new property, which allows them to see what we look for, along with getting to know the building and the neighborhood and even meeting some of the residents. So if you're ready to take the next step and set up a one-on-one call with me, then please find my calendar link in today's show notes and let's talk. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, and today I am joined with Chris Salazar, who is a 50% partner in a company called Arsenal Properties. Now, guys, one thing that I want to teach you or share with you, and this is one of the things that I've, I've been continuing to share on the podcast is what my meetup group has done to me and for me and what has my podcast done for me. Now, I was lucky enough to make a great relationship with a guy named Joe Fairless because he came on our podcast. He spoke at my meetup. I've been on his podcast. And so when I heard this interview with Chris Salazar doing a strategic partnership to get some deals done, I was able to contact Joe and say, I need this guy's information. Help me find him. And he hooked me up. Chris, I'm so glad you're here. How are you? Doing well, Adam. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of get some of this information out of your head and into the heads of the listeners because what you're doing is fantastic. You came to a partnership with Arsenal Properties where you've been able to purchase over and over and over one units, two units, three units, four unit buildings, as well as a couple 20 unit buildings. But you did this, did you do this with your own money or was it all somebody else's money? Yeah, it was all other people's money. Um, Love it. For, me, for me, I have just one partner. It's just myself and another partner. Um, so our operation is he's the capital partner and I'm the operator. Perfect. And I want to share with the listeners, how can they do what you're doing? So uh, if you're watching the video, uh, we've got Chris. He looks uh, fantastic in a suit right now. He's got the huge, the city right behind him. And so he looks like a successful businessman and he's able to do this with a strategic partnership. And I want to teach you guys how to do it. So Chris, would you mind if I asked you some specific questions on how you found this person and how you organize things, how you're operating and such so that we can kind of share that with the listeners? Absolutely. All right, perfect. So uh, when you said right before Arsenal Properties, you were a student. So when did you graduate? I graduated uh, Augustana College in May of 2016. Perfect. So you just graduated college in 2016 in May. And uh, already, how many total doors do you have? Uh, I believe we have about 100 right now. 100 doors. And guys, these are made up mostly of one to four units. There's only a couple 20 units. So that's quite a big portfolio. Yeah, we've got about 60 or so single families, um, you know, and then 
actually, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, another 40 that are, uh, 20 units a piece. So. Awesome. Perfect. Well, um, we have a lot to learn from you. So first off, what did you go to school for? What, what did you graduate in? So I got a degree in accounting and finance, double major. Okay. Um, I went to, good. I'll go ahead. Keep going. Uh, um, no, so I, I studied that. Um, I realized pretty early on that I, well, I picked up Rich Dad Poor Dad when all my friends were on spring break. I stayed at home. I didn't have any money to spend to go on spring break. So I went to the library. I was like, you know what? Uh, I'll at least make something of this time that I have off. So I picked up Rich Dad Poor Dad completely shifted my mindset, did a 180 and I it just got me hooked on real estate investing. Started listening to bigger pockets podcasts and everything, you know, from there on out, I was all about real estate investing. I started a group at my school just focused on that topic um, and just got completely immersed in it. So then from there, pretty early on, I was you know fortunate enough to find real estate and understand that that's what I wanted to do. I was studying accounting. I was, you know, really not, I was a pretty poor student. I would cut class actually to learn real estate and, uh, you know, on, on my own. And um, I was just really fortunate, you know, to find out so early that I didn't want to be an accountant, didn't want to go be a CPA, work for a corporation, wanted to start my own thing and, and uh, end up working out pretty well. So my first question uh, off after that is what kind of gave you the mindset that you, instead of what most people would do, the 99% who would kind of say to themselves, you know what, I, um, I don't have money, so I'm not going to be able to do investing yet. I'm, they would say to themselves maybe like, okay, I, I need to get a good job. I need to learn. Uh, I need to grow. I need to put some money inside in the bank account. And then after five or 10 years, when I'm ready, I can go ahead and start a company like Arsenal Properties and, and start to make my millions. What was different about you that made you say instead, like, instead of like, I can't do that yet, how can I do that now? What, what did that for you? Yeah. So I, I, I always, you know, was pretty entrepreneurial when I was in uh, grade school and middle school, I ran a small landscaping business that I started. Um, and I was always thinking about, you know, I, I was wanted to own my own business, wanted to do my own thing. Um, so I kind of already w was in that mindset prior, but I, w I realized initially um, you know, all, I saw all of these people that I were, you know, getting interviewed by and I did an accounting internship at a big firm and I just saw how much they were complaining about their job. Even my managers and my part, some of the partners were just, you know, complainers. And that's not kind of the kind of people that I wanted to surround myself with. Um, and I figured, you know, I'm young, I'm going to go out and take the risk now whether, rather than waiting till I have, you know, bigger obligations, family, kids, a lot of other bills, um, you know, to go out and try to build something. So I might as well, uh, you know, jump in fully now and get after it. So you graduated in May. When did you start Arsenal Properties? Started Arsenal in October. Um, same so year. Just a few months. Um, right. Yep, same year. In that interim, I worked with a guy who's an investor in my market in the Quad Cities. Um, so I live in Chicago. My market's about three hours west in the Quad Cities. And uh, I worked for him. He flips 20, 30 houses a month. Um, so I was getting really good experience doing acquisitions for him. So I understood how to buy property correctly um, and, you know, how to analyze repairs, things like that. So I was doing a lot of wholesale deals for him, making him quite a decent, decent chunks of money. Um, and I figured, you know, I can do this just as good on my own. Mm -hmm. So I went out and raised the capital and, um, and started Arsenal. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, by the way, I'll be in Chicago, August 24th, 5th and 6th. And to speak at an event with Rod Cleef. And while I'm there, maybe oh, yeah, we should right. go get some Giordano's, huh? 
Oh yeah. I you know that that's like my favorite pizza. I'm I've been craving it for years since uh, I last left Chicago. So let's talk about this. And um, how did exactly did you find your partner? So you, you, it's you, and then you have a silent partner who um, mostly brings all the liquidity to the business, and you mostly do all the operations. Well, for the listeners, how did you find somebody like that? What did you do to um, you know, really align yourself with them? Yeah, so I meeting him. I was, I'm uh, was friends with his daughter when I was in high school. So I I started that relationship back when I was about sixteen. Um, and over the years, uh, always made a point to talk business with, with the father. And, um, I mean, he, he had a good, uh, you know, he, he liked me. Um, he thought I was pretty driven. And then I started talking, you know, as I learned more about real estate, I think when I was 20, uh, that's when I did my first deal. So I did my first wholesale deal that I did about five or six of those throughout college. Um, so I was telling him about these deals, you know, the great margins, the great cash on cash returns, um, and from there, he was, you know, really interested, and I built up that trust um, with the family over over the, those those several years. Um, so it really paid off. I mean, it's it was really all about trust. Um, he trusts me implicitly with with the business. Um, so that's that's kind of at the core of it, I guess. Uh, that's great. Um, so basically, when you're this is for mostly for the listeners. I want to share. This is a strategy that I've. Uh, that I always focus on. And I recently listened to a friend of mine, Jason and Pili Yarusi. They interviewed, uh, what's his name, Matt Rodak. And I've interviewed Matt and met him in person. He's a great, great guy. And one thing that I learned from Matt is something that I'm already doing. He says, when you're networking, you network with the 10-year pitcher. You're not networking necessarily for tomorrow. And you implemented that 100%. When you started out with this, um, the girl that you were talking about, your friend, um, her father, right? Yeah. Okay. You started out by just always talking business, always having an entrepreneurial mindset with what can happen, what can happen. Not like I can't do this, but you always thought about the 10 year picture, which is really great because it's worked out well for you. And I hope that the listeners get that. Do you have any insight? Let's just pretend for here for a second that, um, that the listeners don't know if they have that person who has the liquidity to bring to these deals, if they're not sure if they can do that. Do you have any um, ideas on how could they find a partner like you found um, and build that trust a little bit faster? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it all starts with, you know, having a technical background in it. So you have to know your numbers pretty well. I knew, you know, how to do simple accounting and, and, and kind of just basic finance. I think that's really good foundation for it um, but really understand how to underwrite deals um, how to look at properties how to analyze the construction costs once you have a good foundation in terms of you know knowing your numbers um, then you can go out and network and tell people like what you're doing um, I mean most people have you know at least one person their family and their friends that could potentially fund a deal maybe but even if not I mean go out to these networking groups uh, really get all the exposure you can in your local market um, and go out and tell people what you do and what you want to do. And I think it will open a lot of doors um, like it did for me. And, you know, whenever I go out somewhere networking, you know, at these, uh, I went to Joe's event back in February um, and I'll be at Rod, Rod's as well. Um, but you, you go out and you I mean, you tell people, okay, here's what I'm doing. You know, here's how we can potentially work together, you know? So just always uh, kind of, you know, driving home the point uh, that, you know, and showing people that you're passionate about it too. Um, that helps uh, a ton. 
I think that's uh, perfect advice. And one thing that I've noticed, and you're, you've, this is no different, okay? You're the silent partner, this 50% partner that you work with. He had a need. He doesn't want to do what you're doing. He might not want to learn everything that you know. He might not want to be intimate with it. He's got the liquidity, has the funds, but you know he doesn't want to have to be the operator. So for, for people like him, it is perfect. So you are talking about, you know, coming to the table with a good knowledge, a strong understanding of what you're doing and uh, passion for it and telling everybody what you're doing. And inevitably, I think if you believe and if you're looking for the opportunities, you're going to help somebody else find an opportunity. Because honestly, Chris, you are an opportunity. Money is, wants to flow to you because the, it knows that you find good deals, you manage deals well, and that's exactly what happened with your partner is in 2000, in October of 2016, he found you and he said, this is congruent with what I need, with what I want. I'll let him work it and uh, put his face out there and I'll just be silent and I'll still be, make uh, good money and be a 50% partner. And that's something that I, I hope that the listeners are understanding is that you're not taking advantage of a rich person. You know, you're not taking advantage right. of somebody. He needs you. They need somewhere to put their money and you're the one who knows how to find it. So for the listeners, I want you to think to yourself, what position are you in? You know, maybe you can do what Chris is doing and have a 50-50 partnership, right? Or maybe you're like in my company, we need eight of us. We, we have eight different little roles to be able to focus on. And that, that way we raise the money and bring in money to attract, you know, attention for our investments. But just no matter where you are, you always have a way to make money. You don't need money to make money. You don't necessarily need knowledge or experience to make money. There's, you can partner and align yourself with the right people. And that's exactly what you've done. I like how you've gone through that so much today. And I, I really, really appreciate it. Bef we're going to get into the final five pretty soon here. But before that, is there anything on your business, on the way that you've grown your business that we've kind of not touched on before we get into the final five? Um, I mean, I think we covered the majority of it. Um, you know, it's just, it's been a great learning curve for me. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm lucky and I feel fortunate that I got into it so early. Um, whereas most people, you know, wait 10, 20 years until, like you said, they have the cash to do it themselves or, or feel more confident about it or whatever, or whatever their limiting beliefs are. Um, so it's just, I think it's just important to start, start as early as you can. The time is now. Perfect. I, I really appreciate you saying that. The time is now. And so let's get into the final five, but just real quick, right before, right after the words from our sponsors. Want daily interviews with real estate investors and none of the fluff? Go to bestevershow.com where Joe Fairless interviews daily real estate investors and entrepreneurs about their best advice ever. Go to bestevershow.com. Creating a great first impression isn't just important, it's necessary. Your logo is an extension of your personal brand. Whether you're looking for a brand refresh or a full rebrand, Tannis at Immense Designs can create logos, business cards, you name it. I've been working with Tannis on creating our brand material, and I can't be happier. So contact Tannis at immensedesigns.us and open your world to immense possibilities. And we're back. So Chris Salazar, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? 
Um, most creative deals. So I, I don't know. I mean, in terms of financing, it's pretty simple. We bought it cash, but to get the deal, um, I was told about this auction by a banker that I just popped in with. He was actually the first speaker at the real estate investment club that I started back in college. So he was the first guy that I had ever since we've been growing the, the, that relationship. Um, he told me about this auction that only a few investors knew about. I, uh, I think only about 15 or so showed up in the, in the market. Um, but there's a 20 unit apartment complex and I was really, you know, I was really looking to get into multifamily and this was the perfect play. And I knew kind of what I can achieve in the, you know, per, uh, per unit there in terms of rents. And there was a, you know, big value add uh, play there. So I missed the auction because I was told the wrong time and the banker never followed up with me because the time changed. So I was one of the only ones that didn't, uh, if not the only one that didn't show up uh, to the auction. Um, the property I, I wanted for two months that I was doing all my homework on, I was dreaming about owning this property. It was sold to another investor. Um, so I, uh, you know, it was still not closed yet. They were in the, the process. Uh, uh, however, the auctions really work. I don't you go to too many of them, but I went and found uh, the auctioneer. Um, I talked to him about finding the, sell, uh, finding the new buyer and making him an offer. Um, so I guess I kind of backdoored my way into that deal. And I had to pay an extra hundred thousand to get the deal, um, but the deal is gonna. I mean, I'm gonna create about uh, four hundred thousand in equity in it. So it's uh, it's a pretty solid deal, and you know, something like that I've really never done before. So, so instead of sitting on your hands and saying I lost uh, that twenty unit that I really wanted, you said, "How can I still get that twenty unit that I really wanted?" And you made it happen. Yeah. So, and you guys purchased that cash, right? And yep. so let's just talk about that 20 unit here for a second. Um, what is your purchase price and what are you going to do to it? And how are you going to create that 400 equity? Sure. Uh, so actually I'll start with the initial 20 unit that we bought that we just finished the reposition on that. Uh, that way we bought for 740,000, put in about uh, 180 and at a nine cap, it'll be valued uh, at 1.4 with the, you know, we raised the rents just under 200 bucks a unit. Um, by making just small cosmetic improvements. Similar on this, uh, on this new deal that we bought, uh, we bought it, we bought it for about, ha we bought it for 320,000. Um, we're going to put in about 300,000 into it and it'll be worth um, almost a million dollars, uh, you know, conservatively. So, um, but that, this one's completely vacant. It was uh, vacated by the city about a year ago for the bed bugs that, that were in there. So we're in the process of removing all of those bed bugs and the rodents right now. Um, and then we're going to start the reposition and, uh, and really get the project underway. Rehabbing every unit, um, just kind of same strategy with uh, all, just uh, cosmetic improvements. Nothing really uh, huge. So uh, quick question. You, have you purchased any of your properties at auction? Have you actually purchased one at auction? Was I have, yeah, the, just one, one, of the one single family. Oh, okay. How do you do the due diligence on uh, on a property that's at the auction? What is the way that you yeah. do that? I I do it. You have to underwrite very very conservatively. More than you know, obviously, if you walk the property. Um, fortunate for me, so I only I, I don't generally do it because you can't see the see the property before, right? So um, this one I bought because I promised a group of students at August at, the, at my college that I would have them a house. Uh, they signed a lease on a house that I was, didn't really own yet that I was renovating for them. Um, but I had it under contract, but the contract never closed. It was a foreclosure that just took forever. And uh, anyways, um, 
Um, so uh, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. On, no, that's, that's all good. So you're saying when you wanted to buy this property on auction, it was out of necessity because you basically lost a contract on the one that, that you were going to have for these uh, college students. So what ended up happening? Right. So we got the property, uh, I think for about 45,000, it turned out to be a home run deal. I uh, needed about 5k in work. I uh, just, I think uh, new paint and carpet and it was worth about, I think 88 or 90,000, I'm appraised. So, you know, pretty lucky on that, on that. And it could have been a lot worse, uh, but I really do not generally buy from auctions when there's not just huge opportunities in, in today's market, even, you know, in the smaller tertiary markets, like we're in, it's just, inventory is a lot tighter and those margins really aren't there to take the risk of buying on auction. Makes sense. Thanks for pointing that out. I have a question that before we get into question number two of the final five, you mentioned that you had an REI club that you started in college. So this is an out of box thinking. I, I had no idea you had that club. So can you tell us why did you start it? How many people usually come and what is it given to you? Yeah, so I just started at the at the college, so it's a group exclusive to the college. Uh, we didn't uh, bring in anybody from the public except uh, the uh, speakers, um, but it opened up doors in terms of relationships. Uh, you know, from the guys who I come speak, like I mentioned, my banker. Uh, you know, one of the guys who he, we have about a quarter of our portfolio with him. He's uh, he's been. You know, I, I I met him when I was twenty, and kind of been building that relationship ever since. Um, you know, another guy, a developer in the Quad Cities, he's built, uh, I don't know, over a, a couple hundred million dollars of projects uh, across the Midwest. And he's been a great mentor to me in terms of, you know, just teaching me the kind of the ground up game and, and uh, really in that. And because that's what I'm really interested in moving forward. Um, what else? Uh, and, and just having kind of that influence around a group of I basically had, you know, a group of 20 guys that were bird dogging me properties in the quad city. So I, you know, it was just uh, on, from a deal, uh, from an acquisition standpoint, it was, it was pretty good as well. Great. Uh, a lot of good info. Okay. So question number two, then what is a book that yep. you recommend? Um, I recommend uh, right now tools of Titans. I always recommend. And then Sam Zell, am I being too subtle? I think it's a great book. Um, a lot of great insights there from uh Chicago billionaire who's, you know, done a ton of different stuff in his career, but he's just has a ton of wisdom. Help me with one thing on, am I being too subtle? What is exactly was the takeaway that you got from that? Um, you know, he, it was cool because we, we, uh, I guess we, but he, he started when he was in college, he went to Michigan. Um, and my, I mean, kind of what I really liked about the book was that you know, how he's built, how he started, you know, he was in law school, he hated it. Um, and then he just started managing apartment complexes in Michigan. Um, and then kept buying, he started buying property up there and just kind of, you know, snowballed that into bigger and bigger deals. Um, but just reading about that and understanding how exactly he did, it was pretty insightful to me. A lot of good stuff. Thank you. And the next question is, well, kind of like think about where you were exactly five years ago and give us that picture and where will you be in five years from today? So five years ago, I just started, um, let's see. yeah, I, I didn't have a summer job even. I was kind of sitting on my butt all summer and uh, I was training for football and I was going through accounting classes and, and it was just, uh, you know, that's where I was five years ago, um, you know, 
for the next five years, um, I want to own 2,500 apartment units. Um, you know, so, uh, so I, I just want to, you know, create passive income. Um, right. I, I generally don't five years, but three years from now, I want to have at least a thousand, uh, at least a thousand units. So that's kind of how, I mean, that's where I want to be in, uh, by 2020. Perfect. And it sounds like you have a pretty good vision of exactly where you want to be in three or five years from now. So let's just talk about real quick. I have a follow-up question on the thousand units you want to have in three years. What are you going to do to make that happen? Um, you know, I've got to raise more capital. Um, I've got to build a team and build pretty much an acquisition team, offer some piece of the deal up, um, you know, for that, just to give, just to you know, give people incentives, obviously. But, um, going to have to create a team to go out and, and source deals in other markets. I mean, it's not going to happen in one market only. Um, so, I mean, it could, but it's just very unlikely. And, you know, in the next few years, I mean, who knows in terms of the economy. Um, so, I mean, it'll be a challenge, but, uh, you know, assemble the right team, create the right partnerships, confident in it. I can, I can tell, and this is great for the listeners. When we talk about you and your thousand units in three years, you've already decided the way that you're going to get there. You've already figured out the challenges that you'll have and you've already worked around them. You already have decided I need to be in multiple markets. You've already decided I need to offer a piece of the equity to some people. It just shows that vision that you have as an entrepreneur that has created a way for you to be successful. I hope that the listeners are taking that away. Um, have that great takeaway from what you just said, because if they do the same thing that you're doing, they're going to get the same 1%, you know, top 1% results that you've been getting. And I know for sure that you're going to get your thousand doors because you've already created the path to get there. Not just have, you just don't, you're not just saying I want to have a thousand. You've actually obviously created a path to getting there. I really appreciate you going over that. How do you give back? Give back. Um, I really want, I'm really passionate about getting other people my age into real estate a lot sooner. Um, I'm helping a friend right now in Chicago, you know, start investing and just kind of helping him understand how to underwrite these things, uh, how to manage the asset. Um, so it, for me, it's, it's just, you know, I had, for example, my partner gave me a shot in this. Um, and I want to help people moving forward, uh, especially younger guys my age that are really trying to create their own financial freedom and create their own path and want to get out of their crappy jobs. Um, I'm really, you know, getting somebody started. I, I've, I mean, it has a huge value for me personally. What, what age are you so that the listeners know? I just turned 24 uh, last week. 24 owns hundreds of units and he's passionate about helping other 24 year olds get into this game. So if there's anybody listening that wants to reach out to you, that is 24 or wants to figure out exactly how you did it. How do they, how do they find you? Um, yeah, my email is uh, C Salazar at arsenal properties, LLC.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm uh, you know, on Facebook. I'm all the social media. Um, and I have my personal website, chrisjsalazar.com. You can reach me that way as well. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate your time. And until next time, my friend, think outside the box. If you got value from today's episode, I want to invite you to come to Denver to meet me. I have a great group of investors here in Denver that would love to meet you. I'm serious. You should really schedule the trip. Want to hear what Joe Fairless said about my group? Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. 
Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888. Text meetup to 555-888.